Episode 39, Dog Eating Equals Lamb Beheading Equals Cat Dissection. Okay, I got a better one then. All right. This is a good one. Two murderers escape Arkansas prison in guard uniforms. Now, you, the punchline <laughs> is in here. I'm just going to read it. By the way, these are two convicted murders that were on the... Well, it, let me read the story. It sounds like a Laurel and Hardy movie. It's getting there. Two convicted murderers put on corrections officer uniforms and walked out of an Arkansas prison during a shift change, officials said Saturday, as they searched for the men. Jeffrey Grinder and Calvin Adams escaped Friday evening from the Cummings unit prison in Grady more than three hours before officials realized they were missing. Both men were serving life sentences without possibility of parole at the prison about 60 miles southeast of Little Rock. The guard uniforms the prison inmates put on are made in the prison. <laughs> That's the punchline. Oh, my God. And did they catch him? Or are they, are they still at No, large? no, these guys are gone. Oh, no. I mean, if you're like in prison without possibility of parole for life and all you have to do is make a uniform <laughs> making uniforms you're out of there hello and welcome to jay won't darts podcast where i cover shocking animal treatment worldwide and that includes nuclear free god's own clean green new zealand my intro was from episode 100 of no agenda i've been planning to talk about the topics in this episode for months I've heard many stories of animal abuse that are all equally shocking, but I wanted to fit them together somehow. I've decided to do this episode now, because animal treatment has been in the New Zealand news. Just today, it was reported a Tongan man living in Auckland, New Zealand, had killed his dog. This has been on the mainstream news, and will be talked about for weeks to come. Also, a boy's pet lamb had its head cut off, and he found it dead. This also made national news. I would like to mention another shocking animal story. In America, it's apparently quite common to dissect cats, actual pussy cats, in high schools and universities. I can't imagine that happening in New Zealand, although it's hard to imagine anyone cutting open cats. First, the New Zealand stories. Lamb beheaded. This story was reported on by a Taranaki newspaper. I don't know where exactly this happened, but it's somewhere in Taranaki, New Zealand. Pet lamb beheaded in paddock. A little boy went out to cuddle his pet lamb and found somebody had cut its head off. Who could do such a sadistic thing, his mother Mandy Carlin is asking. The Dorset Horn Ram Lamb, that sounds pretty confusing, was about six months old and had been bottle-reared by the three children. Braith, aged four and a half years, had claimed it for his own and named it Sean, after the Wallace and Gromit character. On Tuesday evening, Braith went out with his dad, Jason, to feed the animals on their lifestyle block near Altham. Sean wasn't running about on his chain. Dad, why has Sean got no head? Braith asked. Why isn't he moving? Sean was dead and his head with its little horns was missing. They later concluded the head must have been wrapped in a towel, taken from the clothesline, because there was no blood. Nobody was home during the afternoon, and Sean had no fear of humans. Mrs. Carlin said she wanted the sick person responsible for the killing to know this was a little boy's pet, and he made this horrible discovery himself. I want that person to feel bad about the terrible thing he has done. The kids are petrified. It's not something we can hide from them. We've had to tell them what happened. The other sheep in the paddock, which was also on a chain, wasn't touched. If the lamb had been killed for the meat, while they were grazing on the roadside, I could possibly understand it, but not this. It's not something a normal, straight person would ever do. 
Jason Kalen has told the police he suspects somebody with a grudge was responsible, but can't discuss the details. The police told him there have been no other such incidents in the area. Okay, I feel this story is awful, so do most people. My point is, what's the difference between this baby sheep and all the other sheep killed in New Zealand every day? That a little boy loved this particular sheep, and that he doesn't cry about all the other sheep in New Zealand who are slaughtered. I don't see that as a big difference. I'm not heartless to the child being upset, but to me, this sheep is just one out of the many who are killed horribly every day. This was reported on in mainstream New Zealand news. We can all agree killing a pet sheep is awful. But these same newspapers will advertise butchers. Often I see ads in the Southern Times featuring the latest cheap meat at local butcheries. There's an ad on the Golden Oldies radio station that's on at work. It has the beef and lamb theme song that I'm told used to be a T-Rex song. Dum dum dum, we love to boogie, da 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 da. You know what I mean. Now whenever I hear that song, I think of meat. On this particular radio ad, the voiceover guy uses a real southern bloke voice. He talks kinda like this, mate. A real tough southern bloke. Not like those Jeffers in Auckland, mate. Nah, mate, he's a real man who eats meat and drinks Bates beer. Ugh. The guy mentions the bloody good meat prices. Top quality, you pay just less. Does anyone hearing the ad notice the words bloody and meat the same way I do? It's not a nice image. I don't want to buy something that's bloody or meat. I know it's just the Kiwi slang. Saying something's bloody doesn't mean it's dirty. It's used like damn, as in damn good. Also, how are these prices so low? How can a farmer offer cheaper meat at the same quality? I'd assume the easiest way would be to care less about the animal's needs, not spend so much time taking care of an animal. Instead, reduce your costs and pass it on to the consumer. This is why I don't agree with animal welfare. When the farmers are for animal welfare, you know it's bad. When people who promote animal welfare eat animals themselves, it's obvious that it's not going to eliminate people killing animals, is it? I don't know any abolitionists who eat meat, so animal abolition must be a better, more common sense position to take on these issues. Tongan man cooks his pet dog to be eaten. I happened to hear about this through the Trade Me message board. I'll play a TVNZ news clip about the story. Good evening. A barbecue practice that some finds barbaric has got the SPCA calling for a law change. It's just finished investigating the killing and cooking of a pet dog by a Tongan family in Auckland. And we warn viewers may find some pictures in the story disturbing. Hayden Jones has been looking at the issue and joins us now live. Hayden. Good evening, Mitty. This is certainly turning into quite an interesting issue. Take a look at this. These are three stars of the Kiwi barbecue over the years. There's a bit of chicken here. This is some cow. And it's also a little bit of pig here. Now, these are also three regular attendees at pet days all around the country, which means on one issue we're reasonably comfortable about uh, cooking and eating our pets. But what about the dog? What about the canine? What about man's best friend? Are we comfortable with cooking and eating that? Rupert, the Taulfa family's pet, which was being barbecued by its owner, Paea Taulfa, when the SPCA intervened. His wife, Lupi, says in her homeland of Tonga, this is normal. Dog, horse... We eat it in town. It's a good food for us. The incident has upset the SPCA, who today showed us what was left of Ripper, the family's Staffordshire Bull Terrier. I find it quite uh, disturbing that somebody will kill a pet and then eat it. Um, I'm not OK with that, but unfortunately the law allows you to do it. 
What you may not realise is it's legally okay to eat your pet. Now this frustrates the SPCA who want the law changed. We're just hoping that uh, some new legislation will be brought into the uh, updated version of the Animal Welfare Act. Payer Tolfus says Ripper was killed because he had fleas. He says they put him in an umu for friends to enjoy. He didn't realise in New Zealand this is not common. I didn't know it's not allowed to kill a dog here. Because in Tonga, if you have a dog, you want to kill it and cook it for your friend to eat it. It's okay. The SPCA say people eating their pets does happen more than society realises. Garrett, in my family, and uh, I had a few mates who were farmers, we always had a rule that if you gave it a name, you couldn't eat it. Is that still a guideline for most New Zealanders? I think uh, that would probably be appropriate, to be honest. Now the SPCA hopes the country's politicians can find a way to ensure more pets do not become dinner. Now the Tylefer family tell me that they're not going to cook any more of their pets. If they don't want them, they're going to take them to the SPCA. Ironically, I had to inform them that they weren't doing anything legally wrong. It was just the moral issue that they had to consider. All right, thanks for that, Hayden. That's Hayden Jones reporting live in Auckland. Oh, isn't that nice? Instead of eating their unwanted animals, now they will dump them at animal shelters. Real progress being made there. This story has been all over the internet, and I expect it to be brought up in newspapers nationwide in coming days. Old media is always late to the party. Basically the issue is, it's apparently not illegal what the man did. He killed the dog, humanely. I'm doing quote movements with my hands as I say that. Humanely. With a bonk on the head. The dog was then cooked outdoors. I've seen photos of the dog, and it doesn't look like it was cooked at all. It has a couple of patches on it that look burnt but it's not singed black from head to tail, and it doesn't even look like it was gutted. People online are furious. I often go to the Trade Me message board to see what the nation is talking about. On the Trade Me message board, you mostly see right-wing racist remarks, blaming the government for making everyone too soft. Everything these days is too PC! All this politically correct bullshit! In my day we beat our kids for reading books and getting smart! And now we have this internet thing, and the violent video games have made all the toddlers into Charles Mansons. It's those weed-smoking hippies in the Green Party who are to blame! You can never expect a serious discussion on the message board. Trade Me is an auction site, not a dedicated forum. There are few tools, and yet is by far New Zealand's most popular local site, and the place people go to talk about politics and what's happening. I'm really impressed with the number of people who mention that dogs are no different than any other animal killed to be eaten. It's really made me feel like I have some support, like I'm not the only one advocating leaving animals alone. Others have mentioned not eating any animals, but they don't get taken seriously. The other side blames all the Pacific Islanders and Asian people for eating dogs, and they can't seem to get it that when it comes to animals, all men are Nazis, as Isaac Bashevis Singer said. I wish I could make them believe me when I say all animals are equal, all should have the right to live their lives, but they seem to deny any similarities. Some arguments I've seen are that we don't do that in New Zealand, as if we are good people and people overseas who eat dogs are terrible. I don't understand how anyone can say anything like that. I also have the SPCA's view on this event. Listen to what they talk about. They clearly mention animal welfare and mention how difficult it is to change the law, as it could make all animals unkillable. What an awful world that would be! 
if it were illegal to kill cows and chickens and pigs and sheep and dogs. Now, as you might have heard on the weekend, the SBCA found a man cooking his pet dog in his backyard. But under the current law, the man cannot be prosecuted because he killed the dog in a humane manner. Well, joining me now is Garth Halliday and Sue Bourdet. Bourdet? Bourdet. Bourdet. Very French, nice. From the... Yes, also known as pregnant there. It's not a quarter of a million dollar debt in the tummy. Right. Um, let's start off by talking about the... Because the, one of the most interesting things I find about this is if you kill a pet humanely, there is no punishment at all. So as long as I, as long as I get rid of my dog in a humane manner, you can't punish them. Is that right? That's, That's right. right. Would you like to see that changed? Um, well, I mean, we work under the Animal Welfare Act, which is all about pain and suffering. So um, to, you, you can't really change that mm. because that would render killing all animals illegal so people on I guess I guess I'm, I hadn't thought of them as your property I guess when you have a dog or an animal that you love mm. you kind of think of it as its own inalienable being sort yes. of thing you know but I guess that's it's property is that what we're talking about yeah it, it's a very complicated affair because of course you've got the, the cultural side of things is the gentleman in this case was from Tonga and in Tonga uh, when people are hungry and they've got no other source of food they do undoubtedly kill their dogs and eat them mm. further than that uh, the guy says that it's a, it's a, it's a great food. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, personally, I've, I've been in a few dodgy <laughs> restaurants in the UK, but I'm not so sure I've ever actually eaten dog knowing about it. Is this rare to come across this? Has this come across, have, we, have you seen it before? Mm. No, I've, I've been an inspector for um, 10 years and I've never come across it before. I've heard about it, but I've um, <coughs> never seen it firsthand. But I am told it is, it's more common than we think. Would you like to be able to prosecute? Um... No, not necessarily. Um, I think it's all about education um, and, um, you know, like we said, it's all about whether the animal is killed humanely or not. We've got to be careful that we're not looking at double standards here. Um, so um, it's, we, ne we need to educate. Well, I'm, you say we don't need to look at, we should be careful with double standards here, but we're entering a whole hornet's nest here, surely, because as New Zealand becomes more multicultural, more diverse, there's a whole bunch of different cultures. We all have different beliefs. We all have different, mm -hmm. uh, you know, ways and things that we like to eat. Mm -hmm. Should we reach a stage where you can? Well, I, I, you're back to that same story about mm. different cultures and different countries. I mean, we live by the laws of New Zealand. So if the New Zealand people and the New Zealand Parliament decide mm. that killing a companion, companion animal, and how do you define a companion animal? We tend to think of dogs and cats, but a pig might be your, your favourite, mm. your friend. Or uh, horses, so and horses. we send horse meat to Europe. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so it is a very, very yeah. complex very affair. Complex. Not, not only the, uh, as I say, the, the cultural side of things, but the, the ethical side. I mean, certainly our stance is that no animal deserves to die in any circumstances which are not the right circumstances, yeah. which is a, a very, a very wide statement to make. It is but, a very wide statement, and the trouble is with that, therefore, edible to eat could be considered by many people to be the right circumstance. I mean, what are you going to do here? Is there a need for a law change? Is there a need for... Because you can say education, but if, mm. if cultures come here that feel it acceptable to eat whatever type of animal that we might not... Yeah. Well, the, the Animal Welfare Act that Sue mentioned was uh, first written in 1999. We know it's up for review uh, in the next uh, little while, so certainly that's one of the things we'll get involved mm. with. Uh, we, we have a gentleman you may know called Bob Kerridge, who's still very much with, with, yeah, still very much with SPCA Auckland, and, and, and Bob is going to become more and more our front to this sort of issue, because he's very knowledgeable, uh, and he's the one that we'll be talking to, to say, well, you know, how do you feel we can mm. make this better for the animals, Bob? There we go, confirming animals are legally just people's property. You own them and can do anything you want to them. 
yet another reason to reject animal welfare and instead focus on creative vegan education, as the wise sage on NZ Vegan says. Researching this episode, I found other websites that talk about eating cats and dogs. Apparently it's common to eat dogs in Tonga. I found one website that had a tourist's account of eating dog. I'll read the full post. The website URL will be in my notes. Kai Cooley, eating my first dog, October 13th, 2007, unlucky for the dog. Don't come over for lunch. The dog we plan to eat has run off. We are looking for it. Mal, the talking chief of the village, had arranged for me to Kai Cooley, or eat dog. His cousin had been fattening one up, and today was the day. Disappointed, I ate lunch with my host family. It was a few hours later that Mal called back. They found the dog! My host mom, Scylla, bounced us over the unpaved road to Mal's cousin in the four-wheel drive van. We could already smell the roasting flesh rising from a hole dug in the backyard. A traditional Tongan umu, its fire fueled by coconut husks. All that remained were the coals and red-hot rocks heated by the fire. A heap of steaming intestines lay on a banana leaf before dogs and pigs devoured them. The hide was already gone, only patches of dark hair remain. A bag made from a leaf held up the chopped up heart, which along with the head went into the umu. A layer of sticks supported another layer of leaves and an old carpet. Once the carpet covered the hole, one of the men shoveled dirt over it to complete the umu. After a short trip to the beach, we returned to the house. The men opened the umu, releasing the greasy smell of roast meat. Banana leaves tossed into the yard served us a picnic table as a sizzling carcass was picked up the sticks and dropped in our midst. A few quick hacks with a knife to dismember the dog, a few shakes of salt into piles on the leaves, and we were ready to eat. A prayer in Tongan, and everyone started to rip into the food with their bare hands. My host mother, Scylla, announced that it was a greasy dog. I had just taught her the English words a few hours earlier. It took only a few minutes, and the ribs lay bare. One of the men ripped open the leaf bag, and we all reached in to try the pieces of heart. Grease covered my hands and face. Beneath my nails sat dog meat. No, there are no napkins here. This was a great chance to share a cultural experience with some of the men of the village. I know of Mao's phone number, and am comfortable sitting next to him at the carver circle. I am learning to network in Tonga. Cat Dissection This article was in the Miami Herald. You can find the story at miamiherald.com. A teen accused of killing 19 cats must be held for 48 hours as doctors conduct a psychological evaluation, a judge ruled. Alleged cat mutilator Tyler Weinman is no stranger to feline anatomy. He dissected the animals last year in class at Palmetto High. That revelation came Monday, the same day a judge ordered Weinman, 18, to stay in jail for 48 hours pending a psychiatric evaluation. He is accused of slaughtering 19 house cats ac across South Miami-Dade. Palmetto High anatomy teacher Lynn Evans, a self-described animal lover, said she was shocked to learn her quiet former student had been arrested and charged with cruelty to animals. I don't know how we can bridge the gap between a controlled classroom situation to what this disturbed young man has done, Evans said in an interview, 
adding that about 8,000 of her students have dissected cats during her 24 years of teaching anatomy. The investigation into the mutilated cats found strewn throughout South Miami-Dade has for weeks riveted South Florida, terrorized pet owners, and sparked massive media attention. Weinman was charged Sunday with 19 counts of felony against animal cruelty and 19 counts of improperly disposing of an animal body. Back at Palmetto High, students and staff were still stunned by Weinman's arrest. Anatomy Class Evans, the anatomy teacher, said that dissecting dead cats, the packaged corpses are distributed by biological supply companies, is common because the animals have an internal body structure similar to humans. Decades of people in the anatomy field have started with dissecting cats, she said. Investigators, still chasing leads that could net more arrests, were mum on whether Weinman's classroom training played a role in the teen's alleged crime spree. Prosecutors say they have a suspected motive, but cannot release details. We are aware that he attended the anatomy class, said Von Zempt, who declined to comment further because of the ongoing probe. As I mentioned at the start of this episode, it's apparently common in America to dissect cats in high school and university. Peter wrote an open letter to the principal of the boys' school. I'll read part of Peter's letter. Peter's open letter, R.E. Cat Killer. You may also be aware of the well-established link between animal abuse in adolescence and subsequent violent behaviour towards humans. For example, serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer attributed his fascination with murder and mutilation to classroom dissections. In the last interview before his death, televised on Dateline NBC, Dharma said, In ninth grade, in biology class, we had the usual dissection of fetal pigs, and I took the remains of that pig home, and kept the skeleton of it, and I just started branching out to dogs, cats. According to Dharma, he enjoyed the excitement and power he experienced when cutting up animals and fantasized about cutting up a human body. This disturbing cycle of violence can be curtailed by instilling respect for animals and students at Palmetto High. A good place to start is to provide them with humane science lessons in place of lessons that teach students to treat animals as objects that can be used and abused at will. In America, Companies provide dead cats, sealed in bags, to dissection classes. Large companies do nothing but procure animals and prepare them to be killed. I'll read from a company's website, The Carolina Company. Links are in the notes. Why dissect a cat? Computer-assisted learning and the use of plastinated specimens can supplement dissection, but they cannot give a complete idea of what an organ or organ system is really like. Dissection is the best way for students to obtain knowledge of tissue characteristics, such as strength, composition, color, and texture, and to understand the three-dimensional relationship of organs and organ systems. One of the best specimens to use for exploring mammalian anatomy is the cat. It is large enough for its internal organs, which are much like our own, to be found easily and for its blood vessels to be traced, but not so large as to present special difficulty in storage and handling. Preserved cat specimens are also reasonably priced and readily available. How does Carolina obtain its cats? Animal shelters licensed by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, supply us with euthanized cats, 
that would otherwise be destined for the landfills were they not reutilized for science classrooms. The USDA, under the Animal Welfare Act, governs the procurement of animals. Carolina is proud to have an outstanding USDA inspection and compliance record, and we are committed to treating all animals in a humane manner. Did you like the words used? Reutilized is a good one, as in cats had an original purpose, are worthless now they are dead, but oh wait, look, Carolina Dead Cat Company to the rescue, dum da da they reuse dead cats, isn't that great? Very green, Carolina really cares for our environment, because we only have one Mother Earth, you know. Cripes, what a load of trash, there's no nice way to explain a bunch of kids hacking up kitty cats. I've heard reports from well-known sources that many of these preserved cats are in fact Mexican pet cats, that vans go about villages with the siren going off, alerting people to bring out cats to be sold. People will trap cats, knowing the van will be doing its rounds soon. These poor Mexicans will sell cats for about a US dollar, and then companies that sell the preserved cats will make much, much more than that. I've seen these preserved cats selling for about 50 US dollars, that's about $70 New Zealand, let's say. A lot of money, really. There are some kits for a full classroom that are over 500 US dollars. I'm told the cats are drowned, then are injected with preserving fluids. They are drained of blood and have resins injected into their arteries, etc. to make them more visible, easy for teachers to point out to students as the cats are hacked at. Carolina has a website where you can buy cats, dogs and fetal pigs. They sell preserved sheep's organs, although they don't seem to sell fully preserved sheep for sale. Do you know what I find so odd about this? That Carolina is so open about what they do, as if this is totally normal to be cutting up cats and dogs who are abandoned at animal shelters, left there to die. They even have a Twitter account. Shocking, huh? You can go to twitter.com slash carolinabio. They have about 50 people following them. In America, I'm told over 100,000 cats are dissected every year. Included in my notes are graphic pictures of how the cats are stored in bags, legs all stretched out as if they're in pain, and how they are cut up. I really hope you'll look at these upsetting photos, because it really puts everything into perspective. It's all well and good talking about these problems, but I believe that these photos will really move you. It's so obviously a cat in the photos. No different than all the other cats you've seen, all the other cats people have as pets. Looking at photos of animal abuse lets people decide for themselves what's happening. That there's not any sort of bias passed on by a storyteller. Instead, you see the event frozen in time as a photo. I hope you've listened all the way through this episode. I know it's a difficult topic. I wish people would see that cats, dogs and other pets are no different than any other animal. As these stories appear in the mainstream media, I hope to promote veganism. So far, I've only been met with ridicule, with people telling me I'm nuts for not eating meat, but I'll keep at it. It doesn't take that much effort to be heard online, and if just one person decides to become vegan because of me, then it's truly worth my time. Thank you for listening. You can find the script for this episode, as well as downloads for every episode of Jay Won't Dart's podcast at jwontdart.blogspot.com. If you want to contact me, even just to say you listened, send an email to jwontdart at gmail.com, jwontdart at gmail.com. I'd really appreciate it. 
My outro is from No Agenda 117. Have a super happy day. Bye. And then I heard this Paulson 1, uh, the Paulson 2, the, the B clip, mm-hmm. which I was just actually very flabbergasted. I play this. This is Jackie Spear in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a hearing where they're ripping Paulson a new one. Do you use email? Do I use email? No, I don't. <laughs> Do you use Hotmail? <laughs> Do you use Gmail? Do you use it personally. You don't use it personally or professionally? Yeah, I just don't. So I've, I've never used it for any business communications. Just never use it. So while you were tre- Secretary of the Treasury, you never used email? No. <laughs> How did you communicate with people? Telephone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use email. Okay. That, that, hey, that's your government at work, folks. <laughs> that's what I I'm don't thinking. use email. Oh, he's Check just, the calendar, Paulson. He's just, yeah, really. Hello, 2009 calling. It's just so he can say that whatever emails they find, he didn't write them, right? That's why he's saying that. That's what I'm guessing. Lying sack of shit. So he's thief. the worst. But if you thief. want to play another Paulson clip, play the first one where they, thief. you know, there's another one which I'll play maybe on Sunday or the next week, which is which is actually really funny. But but this one here is not bad. This Paulson 1A. Paulson, who was a thief, a scoundrel, stealing our money for his buddies. If the people of America didn't create the problem, who created the problem? If if the people of America didn't create the problem, you said the people of America didn't create the problem. So tell us who created well, it. Well, uh, just so people know who are living in foreign countries, if if you didn't understand, this is our former uh, finance minister, essentially Secretary of the Treasury of the United States, ex Goldman Sachs CEO. My pinky's getting even more crooked. This, Were the banks involved? Well, I, I would say this: this was this problem. There's so much blame to go around. You. It's hardly. Well, give us a few. Give us a few. (laughs) Give me a try. It's like he's at the principal's office, isn't it? It's like, why don't you just give give me give me a try? Okay. Well, you look at excesses have been building up for a very long time. I just want you to give me some names. I have a limited amount of time. Would we include the banks? Would we include Goldman? Would we include AIG? Would we include anyone who got sharp funds? You could say financial institutions, regulators, investors. Uh, uh, so that th- there is plenty of mistakes by a vast uh, multitude. Of- You'd be interested in knowing that in the Financial Services Committee yesterday, all the banks were represented, and they um, almost to the person indicated that they weren't responsible for this. But <laughs> that's the punchline. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's all after the fact. I love it. Yeah, they've already stolen all, stolen all our money. Well, yeah, the money's already stolen. This is like what happened in Russia when the fall of after the fall of communism, all the gold resources they all disappeared. Have <laughs> the gold? Yeah, really. Well, I've got some of it. Yeah, you have a piece. <laughs> I got, I got, a little, I got a little piece.